You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here is Matt Hatfield. And we're here for Hour 2 of 757 Saturday Sports Talk, powered by Larry King Law. If you're injured in an accident, you know who to call. It's 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D for Larry King. Matt Hatfield here with you, A.J. Risser. Ricardo Grant, other side of the glass, keeping us afloat this morning. As always, you can hop in here with us at 757-687-9494. Hit us on the phones. Send us a tweet as well at 757 Sports Talk on Twitter too, as you can interact with us this morning. Recruiting makes the world go round if you're a college football fan and even a college basketball fan. And the Hokies of Virginia Tech have struggled lately in the 757 in the post-Frank Beamer era. In fact, in the class of 2023, they had 26 commits, ranked 40th in the nation. Before that, in 2022, the recruiting ranking was not that great, according to Rivals 41st. But right now, the recruiting ranking is shaping up to be a very, very good one. In fact, they're in the top 40 at the moment, 15 commitments. In fact, they have five four-star players. Some are from the Commonwealth. They got a big-time defensive end recently in Gerard Johnson from Cox High School. They got a quarterback of note from Florida, who's a mighty impressive, in Davi Belfort. And the guy that will be throwing the football to, uh, Davi Belfort, it'll be the four-star wide receiver from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Virginia's Green Run High School, Keelan Brody Adams. He had a very, very intriguing top five, and we caught up with him on Thursday as he picked the Hokies, and here's what he told us. We give it a listen now on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, I'm here with Green Run, four-star wide receiver and Under Under Armour All-American, Keelan Brody Adams, as he's made his college commitment, choosing the Hokies of Virginia Tech over finalists that also include the likes of Ohio State, Pittsburgh, South Carolina and Alabama. Uh, Brody, it's now over. You've made your choice. Virginia Tech, tell us why the Hokies and how you're feeling right now. Um, I feel great. I chose the Hokies because of Coach Pry and Coach Mines. They they gave off that family vibe the very first time I met them. And every time I went back, it's just gotten stronger and stronger. And Coach Pry told me the very first time that I met him that he was going to make Virginia Tech like the old Virginia Tech when all the best players in Virginia went there. And over the years, that's all I've been seeing is the best players starting to migrate there. So it shows that he's a man of his word and he's making progress towards his goal. How important were those relationships with uh, Coach Pry and Coach Mines in the process? Because you're here in every school, so they want you, they need you, but certainly they're making you a priority. And I imagine over time, it just got better and better. And it just being close to home doesn't matter a lot? Um, it does matter. But um, the family vibe that they give off, I feel like that that's important because I'm still going to be away from home. It's not like I can just open my door and go right down the street and I'm home. Like I still, it's kind of far a little bit, but um, being away from home, that family vibe, I feel like every athlete kind of needs that because it's going, it's going to come in. Everybody might not say it, but it's going to come in handy one day. Like mm-hmm. everybody needs family for it. Yeah, for sure. And there's more 757 and in-state flavor to Virginia Tech, which we'll hit on in a second. But it was written and documented that people felt after your official to South Carolina last month that you were a shoe-in to the Gamecocks. Was that the case? And did things change in this process where maybe they weren't the leader at some point and it kind of it kind of tilted a different direction? Were the Hokies all on the favorite or were there other schools that were ahead at one point and things changed? And if so, how did it change? Um, Tech, Tech was definitely ahead early, like early on in the year. And then uh, after talking with my trainer, the one school that he was telling me I really need looking to is South Carolina. 
but they weren't really talking to me. But it's because they was talking to my stepfather. They thought he was me, like they through the phone. So when they finally got in contact with me, they was telling me like, yeah, we've been talking to you for like months now, but we thought we were talking to you and hotel me your stepfather. So when I finally went, like they made it a harder choice. It wasn't just, yeah, I'm gonna go to tech now. Like I had to really sit down and think things through first. So the connection felt more genuine and personal with the Hokies. And there's not to say it was bad with other schools. Is that probably a fair way to characterize it or? Yeah, like okay. South Carolina is a pretty good school. Like when I went, I had a good time there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned about the school. I learned about the, the football side of it and everything. It's a pretty good school. It's just, I feel like I had a, a closer bond with Tech. Like that more family bond with them because I've been I've been getting recruited with them since ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So they've been talking to my mom, my stepfather, and my coaches since before they could talk to me. So, you know, once they was able to talk to me, the bond just carried over. Yeah, and obviously when you get all the Power 5 offers you've got and you've had the touchdowns you've had last year, 16 each of the past two seasons receiving, you're going to be recruited by a bunch of schools all over the country even beyond that top five. What was it about Virginia Tech, though, as far as their system and scheme that really appealed to you? And what what are Coach Pry and Coach Mines, the staff, saying as far as their plan for you and their vision for what you can bring them? Um, They plan on getting me the ball early, getting the ball in my hands, and letting me do what I do now. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's good for me because I, I I plan on early enrolling, so I'll get there early. In spring, so I'll be able to learn the, uh, the playbook early. Mm-hmm. I'll get used to that college vibe already. So it's come fall, when all the rest of the freshmen get in there and they all lost, I'm already be in the loop with everything. So I feel like that already puts me ahead. And then I'm not going there to play around. I'm going in to work. So I go in there with my head down to work. Everything going to come together. And then they already plan on getting me the ball early. So I feel like that helped me early with my college career. And as time go on, it's got a limit. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard you give the answer about what can expect out of you, what type of player. You're a dog, you're a competitor. But as far as wide receivers for Hokies fans out there, what can they look for as far as the, the total package in your game? Or people say, is he a stretch the field guy? Is he a possession receiver? How do you kind of break down your own game looking at it now going into your final season here at Green Run? Um, I can play anywhere on the field at receiver. Wherever you need wherever you need me to go to, wherever the ball going, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to party in the end zone. That's, just like that. Plan, yeah. Well, I know we were talking earlier. You're coming up on some potential records. We think for the school as far as receiving. What what matters to you now that you've got this commitment done? Is it about is it about individual accolades? Is it about just getting that state championship? What's kind of on your mindset? And do you kind of have like a weight off your shoulders that this is over with, or or do you not even think about it? You're just focused on getting better day by day. What's kind of your mindset now that it's concluded as far as the commitment goes? Um, not I committed the weight really off my shoulders now. Um, I feel like I, I can really focus on everything else that I was trying to focus on. But really, it's just the state championship. I feel like anything short of that, I ain't really do nothing. I'm going to break records. But, I mean, like, if I don't get a state championship, I did it for no reason. All right, we're back here. Uh, that was uh, our conversation, most of it with uh, Keelan Brody Adams, the Green Run four-star wide receiver who is now committed to play his college football with the Hokies of Virginia Tech. He chose them over the likes of South Carolina, Alabama, Ohio State, uh, Pittsburgh, all in the picture for him. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. If you want the full conversation, you can catch it up on virginiapreps.com as we've got that for you. It's also on our podcast page, I do believe, on Priority Auto Sports Radio 941.com but he basically said and it had been rumored that South Carolina was right there in the picture it was early Virginia Tech then it sort of tilted towards South Carolina and what part of that one part of that conversation you did not catch was he's trying to flip a uh, keep piece Matt we got that back now AJ so here's more of that conversation with Keelan Brody Adams you'll get that in just a couple minutes here he's trying to flip a name that's got a hokey legacy to it let's get the rest of that convo now on 94.1 
how much did you hear from other Hokie commits, the the guys that are at Highland Springs? Uh, Gerard Johnson is at Cox High School, who you'll see in week two, the defensive lineman. How much were they, were they in your DMs or messages saying you got to make this Hokie Nation vibe? And, and what do you think of it now? Because for years under the Frank Beamer, Michael Vick era, it was always about 757 the state. It went away, and now it seems to be coming back, and you're a big building block for this. Um, they, they definitely played a big part into it. Um, I say Davi and Gabe probably played the biggest part. Uh, with Davi, when I went on my official, that was my first time meeting him, like, in person. But we had talked so much over the phone and stuff like that that it didn't even feel like it felt like we, like, hung out before. So off rip, when I seen that was, like, the vibe that we had already, like, we was doing normal stuff. Like, we actually knew each other already. So getting that vibe on the first time meeting each other, like, it just made me think, like, okay, if this is our first time meeting each other, what, what's going to be like when we in year two and three together? Like, it's going to be something crazy. And Gabe... Gabe was just chilling on Twitter a lot, and it was real funny, but it was like once I really talked to him and stuff like that, like, yeah, he made it clear for him. Mm-hmm. Last year for your buddy, we appreciate the time. Uh, as, as this whole thing has unfolded with recruiting, you look back on it. Is there any any part of this that just got that overwhelming or stressful? And now do you kind of play the role of, all right, this is done with. I can become a recruiter and get more guys either from the 757 or Virginia to come join the Hokie Nation. If so, any shout-outs to anybody that you like to say, come join the party that we got and the party in the end zone that you referenced there? Yeah, it's uh, – it's one person. Okay. He already committed. Okay. So I need him to flip. Okay. So I Rainer. I need him to flip. So I hear Rainer from yeah. Trinity Episcopal. Uh-huh. He's committed to Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. So what's your selling to why the Hokies as opposed to the Gophers? Cause come be like You're the there? Best, the best in, I mean, yeah, you feel me? Like we hope, yeah, come on. But like, no, nah, like the best in Virginia, we all going to tech. Mm-hmm. We're starting a new mm-hmm. we bring it back to old trends. So I say he follow in line with us. Mm-hmm. We all go at the same time. We can go change the program, mm-hmm. and then it's gonna start a trend for classes under us. Mm-hmm. Like next year, top players gonna go because mm-hmm. we went this year. So mm-hmm. I feel like that trend keep going. We gonna we gonna build something back mm-hmm. up. That's it. Lastly, I know it's always a big deal about who the number one player is in Tidewater, the area, of the state, and I imagine that's it's a goal of yours because you know if you have that, other guys will follow you, and it will help your chances to win a state championship here at Green as you finish up. Brody, as you you finish up this year at Green Run and get ready for the Hokies, and you got more followers now on Instagram, Twitter, all those things. People are going to be watching every highlight, every play, every moment you take. What's going to be different in your game and the things you're trying to sharpen up on to take your game up another level this coming year, and then beyond that when you get to Blacksburg? Um. Well, off-season-wise, as I prepare, I'm not even preparing for high school. Everything I'm doing is for the college level. So I feel like if I'm preparing for college level, high school level should come easy. So, so far, that's what it's been so far because everything I've done, I always work out with older players since I was in eighth grade. I'm saying I was in eighth grade working out with people that's about to go to college. I got to high school start working out with people that's in college. Got later on in high school, like junior junior year this year, start working out with people that's in the, in the league. So it's like I feel like if I just keep working ahead – I'll be set for where I'm at. So this year, I feel like everything should be good. The UA All-American from Greenville High School and now Virginia Tech commit with 43 TDs for the Steins and counting. Keelan Brody Adams, thank you so much. All the best. We'll see you on Friday nights and then Saturdays in Blacksburg. Thanks for having me. It's a lot of touchdowns. I'm not even sure Plaxico Burris, who caught the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl with Eli Manning knocking off the unbeaten Patriots and some other green run standouts like uh, Tavon Gatlin and Tayon Holloway, who's down at UNC, have more touchdowns than Brody Adams, who's done it really in two and a half years because he had a COVID-shortened season as a freshman, sophomore, and junior full seasons now getting ready for his full senior campaign with the Stallions from Green Run, one of the top teams in the area, and he's now going to play his college football for the Hokies of Virginia Tech. So you heard that right there on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. It's Priority Auto Sports Radio 95. 
94.1. And if you want to hop in here to give your reaction, any thoughts on Virginia Tech and uh, Keelan Brody Adams, this hokey buzz, you can do so at 757-687-9494. It's not a done deal that he signed yet because the signing period comes your way in December, and it can also have a second signing period in February for athletes to ink their national letters of intent. And with NIL now and the transfer portal and all kinds of things, uh, changes do happen. Players do flip. He's trying to flip Zaheer Rayner, AJ, whose dad, Wally Rayner, played uh, his college football in this state, but not for the Hokies, but for UVA. Zaheer's committed from Trinity Episcopal in Richmond to Minnesota. It's cold there. Do you want to go to Minnesota and uh, play for the Gophers? I know you say, yeah, go play in, in Maryland. Go play for the Terps. Don't play for the Gophers. Yeah, college want, Park, baby. You want Brody to flip there, but if Brody was to flip, the place that he might flip to would be to Frank Beamer's boy and Shane Beamer in South Carolina. However... And South Carolina landed a 757 recruit a few weeks back in Fred J.R. Johnson from Maury High School, who Green Runs lost to the last two years in the state semis and might very well see them again in the state playoffs. Uh, Virginia Tech schedules a lot more conducive to winning early as opposed to UVA, who's got in that front end, Maryland, in fact, among their smattering of foes, Tennessee out of the gate. They also have sandwiched in there James Madison, who's no longer a pushover. They're an FBS school, not an FCS school uh, that has made some noise already in its transition to the Sun Belt from the old 1AA standard, if you will. But in the case of Virginia Tech, if they get off to a good start, this momentum can continue for Brent Pry. What they don't want to have happen is some early losses, and then these players that have committed back out of those pledges and decide to go elsewhere. So this is a really crucial time for Virginia Tech these next four to six months as far as cleaning up on recruiting, and they have done that so far in the state. They're not done just yet. And then making them stick by getting results on the field. Remember, UVA a few years back got all these five stars. It didn't translate to winning on the field. So that's the big emphasis here and key if they want to be a factor for years to come in the ACC. Because let's be honest, and people might not like this, the ACC has not been as good a football league anywhere close to the SEC and Big Ten. But outside of Clemson, and even some occasional blips from you know Wake Forest here, Duke last year was improved, UNC there, Florida State, Miami have not been their old glory days does ACC football have the juice it used to? Does it really have the juice? I don't think it does at all. And UVA and Virginia Tech, they need to change that quickly before we get to a point where even your three-star level prospects say, is this a better place to go than, say, even ODU and JMU? Is that crazy to say? Yeah, I mean, until we see it proven. Like, we've seen all the hype before with the ACC. We've seen that go back to, you know, to bring up Virginia Tech, those years that they were top 10, top 5 teams, and they were going into Ohio State, and we're thinking, is this the year? And and it unfortunately wasn't. So, I mean, we can always look at the hype in the ACC, but until it's proven again, no, I'm not buying it. So much is it's coach and quarterback driven in, in football at every level, pro, college, high school, whatever. It boils down to a lot of time of coach and quarterback because they are now getting athletes at the skill positions and some defensive guys that can ball some some players that you hear the kids say are dudes or he's a dog you're getting guys at that level that can perform and excel against some of the best of the best but if you don't have the right person pushing the buttons the right individual at the trigger man spot the quarterback position it can struggle now they got that Davi Belfort kid I mentioned coming in from Florida who's a four-star 
Do you have to wait a year or two? And we'll see this year what Virginia Tech's quarterback situation is like. UVA thought they had a guy a couple years ago in Brennan Armstrong. It didn't pin out to be great. So, again, let us know what you think. You can tweet us at 757-SPORTS-TALK. Also hop in at 757-687-9494 as they will continue to try to get more players from the 757 area code. They've got two big-name receivers with Brody Adams, Chance Wiggins from King George High School in the Fredericksburg area, and they're also targeting his teammate, Makai White, who at one time was rumored to be uh, leaning towards Georgia. So you beat out some schools like South Carolina, Georgia, SEC heavyweights more so in the case of Georgia than South Carolina because they won back-to-back national titles. It will get people's attention. The eyebrows will raise. Now Virginia Tech has to back it up, put it on the field, and get it done. All right, we'll come back and hear from someone who played at JMU and then went to the Big 12 with the Texas Longhorns, and that is Diamante Tucker-Dorsey. The full conversation's up on virginiapreps.com, but we talked with him about his career fair he's got coming up as well as his Mount Rushmore of players he's gone up against and played with. It's all coming your way on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. It's 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here is Matt Hatfield. That's right. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk. It's brought to you each and every week by Larry King Law. If you're injured in an accident, who do you call? 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D for Larry King. We've got A.J. Risser. Ricardo Grant, other side of the glass. Matt Hatfield here with you. And uh, you heard from Keelan Brody Adams of the Green Run Stallions. You also heard from earlier in the show a couple of high school football coaches, a few of them, in fact. Don Shaw Leonard of the Church and Truckers, Alonzo Ricks Jr. of the Nansman River Warriors, as well as Joe Jones of the Grassfield Grizzlies. we got coming up later on. We'll, we'll have some conversations with Mark Hall, he of the Salem Sun Devils, former UVA linebackers. So all you Hokies fans got to hear from a future wide receiver in uh, Brody Adams from Green Run. Mark Hall played at Green Run, then went to UVA, and now is entering his first full season at Salem High School in Virginia Beach with the Sun Devils. was an interim for part of last season. And uh, we might squeeze in, if we have time, Daryl Cherry of the Kimsfield Chiefs as well. And you'll hear some more football coaches next week, such as Anthony Hawkins of the Norcom Greyhounds, Robert Jackson, who ran this team camp at Lanstown High School, and some others but right now, we catch up with the young man who made his uh, verbal commitment, in fact, many, many years ago. It was probably about six, seven, eight years ago on this station on 94.1 uh, when he was a linebacker at Lake Taylor knocking people's helmets off and then went on to James Madison, was an FCS All-American there, uh, played last year with the Texas Longhorns. He went into the portal and it, it blew up as far as his recruitment, the restart recruitment, if you will. Last year, he came home to Norfolk and did a football camp, a free one for the youth. And uh, now he's putting together his first annual career fair alongside Kevin Holloman with the United Youth Foundation Leaders. Again, we've got a full conversation people can check out on virginiapreps.com. It's free to view also on YouTube. But here's a snippet of it as uh, Diamante Tucker-Dorsey, DTD, tells us about the first annual career fair and then gives us his Mount Rushmore. Let's listen to it. These people came from the same places you came from. I walked these same halls that you did, but... Now I look at my life, and I didn't have to do nothing illegal to do this. I don't have to throw a ball to do what I'm doing. You know, this is – I don't even have to go to college, <laughs> right? I don't have to go to college. Like, and you can be a real estate agent, just go get your license, take the six classes, and go be a real estate agent. And you can make – on the average house, I make $15,000. I don't have to go to school for that. And it's just we don't know, so we can't 
imagine ourselves, we can't picture ourselves being in that position. So his whole career fair is about me putting them in position and showing them that it's so much more out here in the world for you. There's so much that you can do and there's so much to go out there and take, but you have to be, first of all, you got to be willing to put the work in. Second of all, you got to be willing to taste it and go through it. But you have to see it first. They got to see it first. And they got to believe it's tangible. Right now, they don't believe. I don't know if it's the same or if it's not, but I know when I was that age, I didn't know it was nothing else out there. And if I did know, I didn't know the tools to get it. I didn't have the access to the people that were doing it to get it done, to ask the questions, to seek the information. I didn't know. So that's what it's about, giving them that option, giving them, giving them that information and letting them see. I came from the same house you come from. Hey, the same food you eat, same neighborhoods you played in. I was right there in your position. And now I look at it. You can do the same thing or you can do great. That's my thing. So it's all about the kids, man. It's all about giving them, you know, a chance. A real chance. I'm going to okay. give you two questions. You know how it is with sports. People love their Mount Rushmores and goats. You know, Jordan, yeah. LeBron, Brady, this quarterback. So give me Tucker Dorsey's Mount Rushmore. I need four players, high school, college, that you've played with, that, that teammates on your Mount Rushmore, and then give me four opponents that you played against that would be on your Mount Rushmore. Again, it could be high school, Lake Taylor, college, James Madison, Texas. Give me the Can four I clue best myself? If you want to, but I mean, you're a humble guy. I don't okay, think you're going to yeah. do that. But, but you no, can. I'm 100% if you want on to, the list. Welcome to. I'm 100 on the list, but I'll leave myself off. <laughs> you can All right, if so you best want players to. I played with. Best players I played with. Number one, Antoine Wells Jr. Number two, B. John Robinson. Who is three? Probably your pick for rookie of the year, right? This coming year with the, with the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he different. <laughs> and Wells Jr. Nah, actually, I mean. Oh, yeah, he rookie this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, who's who's three and four? You're gonna make a couple late third match. You don't. I'm gonna say they not on the. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Wow. I'm gonna say Rondell. I'm gonna say Rondell Carter. Rondell Carter. All right. And I don't know. I feel like I have to be on there. So I'm putting myself. I, I said I wasn't, okay. but I'm, I'm, I have to be on there. I'm, right. I'm gonna make. Again. I'm gonna make sure the next time I see Jalen Holmes that this conversation gets brought up. But go ahead. He, uh, he know what it is. Okay. Uh, Mount Rushmore of opponents was that, was that quarterback opponents. that got taken number one overall up there? Or would you put someone else up there? Who Trey Lance? No, no, no. This past year that you that you. Oh, faced. you talking about Bryce? Yeah, he's yeah. he's Bryce one. Young. Okay, he's Bryce, one. Okay. Yeah, he I, I thought crazy. so. Yeah. yeah, Bryce Young. Who else? Bryce Young. It's not to be an offensive guy. You can take a defensive guy too if you want. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm not huge on opponents. Like I don't be getting nobody to respect for real. But right well, you now, shouldn't because all you defensive guys think everybody stinks, and that that's how you all are, are wired. Nah, so I, yeah, I, get I that. tip my I, I tip my hat to Bryce Young for sure. Okay, who else showed us something? I think it was the quarterback from uh, Oklahoma State. He was nice. Okay, I think he at uh, Oregon now, something like that. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? He he had he had some ups and downs. You're talking about uh, as I look it up here, uh, Spencer Sanders. Sanders, he was nice. I ain't gonna lie, he was nice. Yeah. He, he was uh, nice I mean, until he ran the TC. He was nice until he ran the TCU and that buzz saw that kind of went. It went yeah. the that, so. uh, they was all right. Who else? It was a running back from uh running back from North Dakota, North Dakota. Uh, Otis Wade, he was nice. Okay, so we got three and guys. You need one more spot. You got Sanders. You got Otis from North Dakota, and then you got and you got Bryce Young. Who's the last guy? Who really gave us problems? I can't. I'm drawing a blank. I can't even remember who I gave. Well, I mean, you could go to your again. You could go to your high school days, late to their JMU, or you could go to. You lost the bowl game. Was to Washington, the Alamo Bowl. That was they was weak. Oh my god, they was weak. 
Uh, back in high school, high school, probably the best player I played against was Kevon Pope. Ooh, from he was nice. I, I was at that yeah, game. He was he had nice. Two picks against Joe. Yeah, that was. He tough. was nice. I went crazy that game though. That was my you last did. game. You did. I was snotted in that game. But that was my last you game. Did. That was a crazy yeah, atmosphere with the horse and the cannon at Dinwiddie. Yeah, that was every that was time. Every time. Yeah. It was Crazy game. Well, hey, Diamante Tucker Dorsey, always a pleasure, my friend. I'm sure that will get the most bites besides yes, the sir. career fair coming up. People here in your Mount Rushmore <laughs> of guys you play with and against. Yeah. Again, go check it out, the career fair. Follow him on Instagram, Twitter to get more details. And uh, we look forward to it coming up at Lake Taylor High School. It'll be on July the, is it 21st? 21st, 21st, 21st on 21st, Friday. So went out there next Friday. All the best to you, and we'll uh, talk again soon. Yes, sir. And I, uh, before we get off, that was uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey, and uh, you can hear that whole conversation up there on virginiapreps.com. We actually linked it on our VA Preps Rivals Twitter account. You can follow Tucker Dorsey on Twitter at Tucker Dorsey with an underscore. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk. So good to see he's doing something in the community with the uh, career fair coming up on Friday at his alma mater, Lake Taylor High. We want to wish everybody at Lake Taylor all the best to a tragic passing unexpectedly of uh, Theo Ford, longtime assistant coach to Hank Sawyer this past week. Another having his funeral today, I believe. So uh, rest in peace to a really great man and Coach Ford, a wonderful fellow there. I know we lost him. I know uh, Ed didn't want to talk about it much this morning, but Ed also went through a, a tough passing as well this week. One of his former players and assistant coaches, Jason Wally. We wish uh, those communities, those schools, Nansman River, uh, their basketball program as well as Lake Taylor, their football program, all the best with the uh, – Tragic passings of both uh, Theo Ford and Jason Wadley there. But on a more positive note here, AJ, you heard Mount Rushmore's, which got me to thinking the Mount Rushmore of NFL players from Virginia. You can only have four. And this is a really tricky one. I'm sure this will stir up debate, controversy. To me, there are two no doubt about it. And there's, there's a long list of players. In fact, currently in the NFL, there are, according to Pro Football Reference, right now in the league, 200 NFL players from the Commonwealth of Virginia, active. Now, I'm talking more of the inactive guys all time. But the Mount Rushmore, to me, you have to have, no doubt about it, Ann Zipser Butts, Lawrence Taylor, and Bruce Smith. Because those are arguably two of the three or four, maybe two of the five best defensive players in the history of the sport. Bruce out of Norfolk, Virginia, Booker T. Washington High School, all-time sack artist, played with the Buffalo Bills, then with Washington. And LT, who changed the position. He changed having that left tackle being a premium spot in professional football. He had a Lafayette High School in Williamsburg, went on to UNC and won multiple Super Bowls with the New York Football Giants, was an MVP defensively, not just a defensive player of the year. And actually flipping around the dial yesterday on the TV side, they had the uh, football life on Joe Theismann, who was once known as Joe Thiesman before they changed his name from Thiesman to Theisman to make it rhyme with Heisman and make that candidacy. He ended up finishing runner-up to Jim Plunkett for the Heisman, but Theisman, of course, won a Super Bowl with Washington in the 80s playing for Joe Gibbs. But everybody knows that moment, that horrific moment where you could hear the sound when he broke Joe Theisman's leg. But LT is, you could do a top five players of all time. He's on that in top 10, top 20, Bruce Smith on that. So to me, those two spots are occupied, no ands, ifs, or buts. Now, do you want to put Michael Vick then up there, or would you go I mean, another you have direction? To, don't you? I think just his impact culturally, revolutionizing the game, all these dual threat quarterbacks we see now that come up, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, the Russell Wilsons, the Justin Fields, whoever, they emulate Michael Vick. He, he was such an influential force in college and at the pro level. The length of his career was not great, but even in that amount of time that he was at his peak, he was breathtaking. So I think he is close to a lock, probably about 90% for me. 
you could maybe throw a couple of names up there that you could maybe fight off. I, the off the field stuff, I think he's paid his due to society. I didn't condone it, but that that that's aside. He he was just a wonderful, unique talent. I think he's so. I think seventy five percent of the Mount Rushmore is pretty much solidified. Would you not concur? Yeah, I think so. So then it becomes the last spot. Who are you going for the last spot? Now you can go a lot of different directions. You could go, you can go old school and go Fran Tarkenton, who was a quarterback back in the day from Richmond, Virginia. You could go new school with Cam Chancellor, who played at Maury High School in Norfolk, another Virginia Tech Hokie. You could go, we gave you Virginia Tech flavor. What about an underrated force in this list that had a really long career, 16 years, again, underrated, very steady on a Super Bowl team, Rondi Barber? You think about his brother Tiki more than Rondi, but what about Rondé Barber as a defensive back? Plaxico, 13 years, the longevity wasn't unbelievable, but he was very, very good. You could go old school again with Kenny Easley, who played at Oscar Smith High School in Chesapeake, was known as the enforcer for the Seahawks back in the day at safety after his career at UCLA. You could go a lot of different directions, but to me, that fourth spot is up for grabs. People will say, as far as electric that they saw in high school here in a 757, the debate always is Ronald Curry, there was nobody that compared to Ronald Curry. Now, his NFL career did not pan out to the level some had hoped or envisioned. Percy Harvin, again, he had some small off-the-field issues, but he was just an unbelievable player. Speed, breathtaking, in high school at Lancetown, multi-sport star, football, basketball track, he did it all, and his career was very good. In, in college at Florida, winning national championships, and in the NFL, he did return a touchdown on a kickoff for a Super Bowl, or in the Super Bowl for a score, and Percy was good. Maybe the longevity wasn't great, and at the end of it, it didn't captivate you. He's still 35 years of age and his career ended prematurely. It didn't last as long as it could have from 2009 to 2016 with the Vikings, Seahawks, Jets, Bills. Do you want to go one of those directions? To me, if you're doing a high school list, Curry and Harvin are hands down on that list of the, of the Mount Rushmore. But when you encompass what they did in the pros, I don't know if they cut the mustard. I'm sure Curry doesn't cut the mustard, but I'm not quite sure Percy gets that fourth spot. Well, I'm, I was looking back at, at Michael Vick. I think he solidifies because you, you, we never compared Michael Vick to anyone. We didn't see Michael Vick in his prime and say, you know, this is like so-and-so. The only person we have ever compared to Michael Vick has been Lamar Jackson over the last couple of years. It's Pretty the much. the only person. Moving on, though, but my final spot, I got to go Cam Chancellor. I, I think go that, Cam. I think he's one of the guys that – is in that group that made the safety position cool. Like guys like Dawkins, guys like Palomalu, Ed Reed, uh, you know, Sean Taylor, obviously, guys like that made the safety position cool. And you go to that Legion of Boom uh, dynasty that Seattle had, and, and one of the first names you thought of was Cam Chancellor. Obviously, I think that he's probably a Hall of Famer. I think that he should be in and all that fun stuff. And it makes you think of if he didn't have those back injuries, right? You know how just how much more special his career would have been. Well, he was a two-time second-team All-Pro, four-time All-Pro uh, Bowler. I think he definitely uh, outdid his ranking and reputation coming out of high school because he was a good player. More, he wasn't a rarefied air type of guy. The thing I would say with Chancellor is if you hold him up against Kenny Easley, who was another safety for the Seahawks back in the day, Easley was. NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 84, 81 to 87 is time with Seattle. So it's another short sample to a degree, six years, Cam, seven years. He had, in terms of the numbers, 607 tackles, nine forced fumbles, three recoveries, 12 picks uh, to Chancellor. 
Easily had 32 INTs, three touchdowns, eight sacks. Doesn't have the forced fumbles and the tackles that Chancellor did. They're pretty comparable. The new school people will argue for Cam. The old school people will argue for Easily. In terms of popularity, I'm not sure Cam was more popular than Percy, who was a teammate of his when they won that Super Bowl over the Denver Broncos. Uh, Super Bowl was that 48, I think it was. So you could go a lot of different directions with that one, that last spot. Uh, what about Charles Haley, another name that came out of a small school in Gladys, Virginia? He won a number of Super Bowls, three with the Dallas Cowboys, two of the San Francisco 49ers, and he was the first five-time Super Bowl champion. He's second only to Tom Brady. So as far as winning goes, he came from a small, I think it was William Campbell High School in Virginia, Gladys, Virginia. He's a name we don't think of, but Haley, it almost like he was he began, AJ, as a journeyman, and then you look at his... His whole body working. He was a guy that was very vocal and beloved. I think having the impact on multiple franchises, I, I'm almost swayed to go Charles Haley for the I mean, fourth yeah, spot. It's it's an impossible thing yeah, to do. Tough. And it's when you're in a city or an area like Hampton Roads where you literally have seven cities, you have over a million people in population between the seven cities, and of course you're what what the most populated area without a professional sports team in the area, but yet we have so many people from all sports that go professional and are and are of, of great note. But it's so hard to do a Mount Rushmore. I mean, my only my only comeback against the the Kenny Easley and and uh, Cam Chancellor is the era. Uh, I think that doing things back in the '80s and '70s and and even the '90s where there weren't that many rules to protect quarterbacks and there weren't that many limitations on defense and to have something called the Legion of Boom in today's era with all the protections on quarterbacks and for them to be as dominant as they were i sure. I, I gotta go well kid. let's give it out to for the audience we'll put each of ours up there i'll even let rico jump in here we did this actually the other day on afternoon drive which you can catch uh, three to six here on priority auto sports radio 94.1 during the weekdays we were privileged to have a couple of former nfl defensive backs in studio and james boyd who started indian river high school went on to penn state as well as david macklin uh and boyd was a draft pick of the jacksonville jaguars macklin a draft choice of the indianapolis colts david David, who's doing a four-on-four flag football tournament this weekend in Yorktown. Uh, he, out of Menchville High in Newport News, also played at Penn State and played for a number of teams in the NFL. And we had our topic this week was the most exciting football players of all time at the collegiate level. And we did a snake draft of that. And uh, my picks were Bo Jackson, Vince Young, and Michael Vick. David's were Deion Sanders, Charles Woodson, and Charlie Ward. And James's were Peter Warwick, Reggie Bush, and Randy Moss. Hard to beat those trios. People were arguing for Percy Harvin. They could argue for a number of different folks. LeVar Arrington, who played at Penn State. Saquon Barkley, who played at Penn State. Even some local fans said Taylor, Taylor Heineke, who was great. But let's be honest, I, Taylor's great. Taylor's not on that level. He's very, very good, but he's not on that level. But you can go a lot of different directions there, and you can pick which one you like the most. I actually won the, the poll, by the way. Not that I you win anything. It's all opinion-based. James David. Yeah, that'll come in the mail, right? With with his with his why not pizza. But so mine is I'm going LT, Bruce Smith, Michael Vick, Charles Haley. What's yours, AJ? Uh, I'm going your first two are, are right there. LT and uh, Bruce. You said LT, Bruce, Bruce. Michael, going Vic? Michael Vic. Vic, and then you I'm going go Cam. Cam. I'm All right. Going Cam. How about you, Rico? You can hop in here on the mic. Give us your your four and we'll see who people like Honestly, the most here. Honestly, I'm going to go with AJ because... Same one? Okay. Yeah, because I remember Michael Vick. You're not going to pick school. a fourth different guy. You're just going to be a copycat in there. I'm, I'm sorry. Shame on I'm you, sorry. Shame on you, Rico. I'm sorry. Copycat. <laughs> I'm sorry because Michael Vick... I remember Michael Vick from Ward. I remember Michael Vick from Virginia Tech. Right. I remember Michael Vick from, from us that played Madden. The 2004 Madden game where nobody was allowed to play with the Atlanta Falcons. That's how much Michael Vick was so much of an impact for us. 
And then Cam Chancellor, like he said, the Legion of Boom. It, I mean, you had Richard Sherman, Brandon Brown, and Earl Thomas, but when you saw Cam in that middle, you literally want to do with the Marvin Harrison thing, catch a pass and go on the ground. So that's my full of okay. Mount Rushmore. All right, let us know, and uh, we'll let you uh, tweet us at 757 Sports Talk and on ESPN Radio 941 on Twitter. That's the debate conversation piece for this weekend. And we'll maybe revisit this again next week as we get closer to the start of football. One more segment to do here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. We'll hear from a couple more high school football coaches before we bid adieu at 12 noon right here. It's 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here is Matt Hatfield. Let's jump back into it here on this 15th day of July on 757 Saturday Sports Talk to another head football coach we caught up with. He's a former standout of the Green Run Stallions, played linebacker at UVA and the Salem Sun Devils. Getting ready for their season opener, which will come your way at the end of August against the Bayside Marlins in Salem, which made it to the regional semifinals a season ago, trying to take another step further and play for a region championship. They've got some tradition and history going back to when Robert Jackson led them to the state playoffs with Kevin Whaley and Lindell Gibson. And we caught up with Mark Hall III, the head man of Salem High in Virginia Beach. Let's hear what he had to tell us on ESPN, actually on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, here with Salem Head football coach Mark Hall as his Sun Devils among the scattering of teams here getting ready for the season for 2023. Coach, it's almost here. The dead period's over. It's July. It's hot, humid, but good teamwork here against a lot of teams you won't see during the season in the beach. Uh, it's got to be a nice building camaraderie thing for your guys, correct? Absolutely. Um, like I said, man, this is a great opportunity for us to come out here. Um, you know, Coach Jack, you know, legend in this area, you know, gave us the opportunity for a good price to come out here with like 11 teams and, you know, get our shoulder pads and helmets on early um, and work hard against each other, you know, keep each other safe, but just, you know, coach us up, coach us up. One of the things he said in the meeting, uh, coaches meeting that he wanted us to, you know, actually get in there and actually coach guys up and, you know, if we need to stop plays and, you know, uh, run another play and see what we need to do. Um, you get this opportunity to do that. Sure, and you got officials out here, so Lancetown running a nice little camp for the kids and uh, coaches and teams to get ready for the season. For you now, going into your first full season as head coach, you got thrust into an interim situation last year. We know about what a decorated all-tidewater athlete you were in multiple sports, football and basketball, green run before your college career at UVA. How's the adjustment going? I mean, really, it's not a big adjustment because these kids know you, correct? Yeah, um, like I said, I know a lot of these kids since middle school. Um, I was already on the staff, so, you know, it was a kind of an easy adjustment. Um, I think the, the biggest thing was the off-season preparation and what it looked like when, you know, when the college coaches came in and visiting kids. Um, also, um, creating the off-season program, getting a strength and conditioning uh, coach. You know, we got Coach Tanner Hughes. He's done a, a great job uh, preparing our guys. Um, you know, their muscle mass is getting huge. Um, we got a very, very young team, though. Um, so it's new to us, um, So, but it's going to be fun. We'll have a really, really good season, and, you know, I'm looking forward to this season with the um, Sun Devils. Well, even though it's a young team, you have a couple of known commodities in your quarterback, Jason Scooter-Williams, who throws the ball as pretty as anybody out here as far as the deep ball. Had a nice touchdown I saw as this camp was ending on the first night here. And then your offensive lineman is a massive human being with a lot of potential in uh, Jalen Gilchrist. Tell me about those two and just their leadership and overall abilities plus potential. Um, very, you know, two great uh, players, man. Um, you know, I've been blessed to have those uh, two players, both of them class of 2025, um, Jalen being one of the um, best tackles in the nation. Um, you know, he's a humble kid and he's ready to work, man. Um, very, very uh, 
nasty out there, but just a gentle giant outside, outside of the field. But could he block? Could he block Mark Hall in his prime? I don't I, know though. I don't know, man. We always talk about that. I told him uh, his senior year, I put some shoulder pads on, and okay. you know we'll go against each other. Um, obviously keep him safe, but you know he, you know all these kids always want to go against their their uh, coaches um, if I still got it. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, Jason also, man, he's you know he's a great player, man. Um, right now he's very very overlooked, but you know he'll get some some very uh, good interest in the in the future. Um, I think me personally, he's one of the better quarterbacks in this area. Um, like I said, he can throw the ball pretty, um, and you know he's been a starting quarterback for four years, so mm-hmm. he's a rising junior. Um, and you know, as you get older, the better you get. And I'm looking forward to having him um, control the offense. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he is sort of overlooked and underrated, even in an offense where he put up a lot of big numbers, headed up by your, your OC there, Mike Alston, former Senate receiver himself at Ocean Lakes. A couple more for you. Give me a couple maybe sleeper names. We know about Gilchrist. We know about Scooter Williams. I know you have some other pieces, including a defensive back who's going to be a rising senior that was an all-beach guy, a lot of interceptions last year, correct? Yeah, we have um, Adam Murphy. Um, he's going to wear number one for us this year. Um, very, very uh, great kid, man. Had, I believe, nine interceptions, led the area interceptions. Um, quietly too, right? Quietly, yeah. Um, like I said, it was overlooked, and he's um, he decided to be back there and to um, call the defense. On top of that, you know, we have Zachary Rogers, number three on our, our running back. Um, another really, really great player, um, rising senior. Um, looking forward to having him. Had a really, really great year. Split carries last year, but this year um, he'll be taking majority of the carries. And also Fabian Wells. Mm-hmm. Um, Fabian Wells is uh, class of 2025. Uh, rover safety um, comes downhill. Um, made a couple crazy hits today. Yeah. Um, you know, just throws itself out there and is ready, not scared to hit anybody. And, you know, we got one more rising senior. Um Caden Davis. Um, he's the one that Scooter connected with in the end zone, the back of the end zone. Um, smooth player, um, 6'2", and, you know, just a big wingspan. Uh, uh, wingspan. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to having him. And lastly, and appreciate your time, but what should we expect out of the Sun Devils as far as identity? We know about the years under Coach Jackson many years ago with Kevin Whaley, Lindell Gibson being a fast, physical, ferocious, aggressive team that runs the ball. What should we expect in, in, in this Beach District where we know Green Run's been the top dog the last couple of years, but I know you want to challenge and be one of those teams that can make noise as you gear up for your opener at the end of August against Bayside, correct? Yes. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Green Run right now is the front runners, but like I said, man, um, we're taking one game at a time and we're looking forward to playing Bayside. Um, one game at a time, um, and you know our goal is to go one and zero every single um, week. And as long as we take care of business, that's our goal. So you know, depending on how we do each week, is how we're going to end our season. Dad taught you well. No bulletin board material for the teams out there. Mark Hall, the Salem Sun Devils. Thank you so much, and we'll see you come August. Thank you. And for those that don't know, his dad is Mark Hall, who coaches basketball at Cape Henry. His brother, Devin Hall, who got drafted by the NBA's Oklahoma City Thunders, playing hoops overseas. And that's Mark Hall, the third, the head football coach of the Salem Sun Devils. They open up August 24th at home against the Bayside Marlins on the artificial turf there at Salem High School. Then they travel to Ocean Lakes, have a bye week, visit Tallwood on September 14th, travel to Cox, host Lanstown to close out September, open up October at First Colonial. Then they host Kempsville October 13th, the rematch of the regional semifinal Again, that they lost to the Chiefs, travel to Green Run on the 20th, host Kellum on the 27th, and then end the regular season at home against Philip Sims. His, uh, I think they might have been teammates briefly. I'm not quite sure. I'll have to check on that. But they, he's another UVA guy, played quarterback. But they uh, finish up November 2nd at home against Princess Anne. All right. So we mentioned they lost last year, playoffs, second round to the Kimsville Chiefs. And uh, we have some time, I think, to squeeze in the head football coach of Kimsville, which has orchestrated quite a turnaround under Daryl Cherry. They had the longest losing streak in the state. The last two years they played for region championships, finishing runner-up to Green Run. Well, let's hear what Coach Cherry told us of the night at Lancetown right now as we gear up for the season for Kempsville on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 
All right, here with Kemsville head football coach Daryl Cherry as he's one of the teams, his squad, the Chiefs, uh, among this gathering with the Lancetown team camp getting ready for the season. Coach, it has to be nice to have a bunch of different teams, and football's almost here. It's getting towards the end of July and uh, another season upon us. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a great opportunity to come out here, get some work in, and that's what it's about, getting some work, see what young guys you have, and building your roster from here. You certainly changed the culture at Kempsville from that long losing streak a couple years ago to making back-to-back region championship game appearances. A lot of seniors left, including Karan Boyd, Naquan Washington Pierce, to the next level. Tell me about just kind of the mood and getting those young guys about buying into, like, this is what we expect and playing the way those guys before them did. Well, I mean, of course, when you have uh, a bunch of seniors that graduate to change the culture and everything, now it's time for um, to trail a new path. So these guys got to figure out where they fit in, in the equation and go from there. Um, you know, right now, we, you know, continue to work on grinding each day, getting better each day. We're not the same team as we were those, with those seniors, so we got to understand that. So that success is their success. Now we got to build and start over from scratch. I've heard championship coaches talk about it, like Lauren Johnson at Highland Springs, Mickey Thompson at Stonebridge, all across the state about when you, you change the culture at a program, you start winning, and you guys are certainly getting to that championship level, trying to bust through and win the you know region, get to the states, that those guys before them don't always realize that. Is that the biggest thing? Not so much, we know these kids have ability, but getting them to understand there's a way we do things, and it's not because the guys before you did it, you have to also do things the way they did it by putting in the hard work? Or Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, One of the biggest challenges now when you when you build something from, from where um, being 0-6 it's all about the stability. That's where you get the Alabamas, those those um, those national championship teams. That's the hard part. I mean, to can repeat that success over and over and over again, even when you have you know new guys coming in. So that's one thing that we're ha- we're learning now, and we have to understand that it, we have to grind, we have to buy in, we have to do the things. You have to do the grunt work um, around the board, and that way we will continue that success. If you don't have that, then you start over from you know from the beginning. People know Kemsville's produced some next-level guys. You've had Jalen White go to Old Dominion, Karan Boyd going to Duke. Uh, you have two already committed guys in Riley McIntosh, uh, I believe Marshall, and Deacon Rawls, James Madison, offensive lineman, wide receiver, defensive back. Is it not a matter of just the abilities for them but showing that senior leadership this coming year, and is that what you talk about with them? Or Yeah, the biggest thing is senior leadership. We had a lot, we had a lot of guys, a lot of seniors that graduated last year. This year we're going to have about six seniors. Mm-hmm. So um, they have to understand that this is their team, this is their opportunity to lead and, and push forward. So um, – we're trying to get them to understand that, hey, now you can't sit back. It's your turn. So you have to be that vocal leader. you got to lead by example. So those are things that they also have to to, to, to take in consideration and actually do now yeah. versus last year somebody else had to do it. So now it's, that's you know that's, our, that's a learning process all around the board. Last to let you go, and thank you for your time. we still got a lot of time before the August practices and the real hot humidity comes here in that game one with Green Run. For you as a coach and your staff, as you all get ready for this, do you even know what your identity is going into this season? I mean, you have an idea of what some things are, but there's still a whole lot of work to be done between now and game one, correct? Oh, yeah, we got a lot of work. Um, you know, of course, we know we lost our player caller last year, so we got an opportunity for a couple of quarterbacks right now just fighting for the position. Um, of course, you know, losing our running back. So we got a lot of people that's, that's, that has to you know, step up. So we got a good competition in our running backs with a young freshman coming in here with um, Tajay and with um, DJ. So um, we have the talent. We just got to build in that work ethic. And uh, just grind one day at a time. Talent, opportunity, enthusiasm, all, all there at Kempsville. Thank you so much. All the best. I appreciate So that was Daryl Cherry of the Kempsville Chiefs, who are in Region 5A, opening up at home against Green Run on August the 24th, the team that ended their season the last two years in the Region 5A final. They then travel for their road opener against Kellum on August 31st, host Ocean Lakes September the 8th, then travel to Princess Anne six days later, host Tallwood, and out September at Bayside, open up October at Lancetown, excuse me, hosting Lancetown. 
uh, October 13th. Again, they travel to Salem before the bye week, and then they close up shop October 27th at Cox in the regular season finale at home against First Colonial before the playoffs come in November. They hope to get back there yet again. So that's pretty much is that Jim Mora playoffs. Are you kidding me? You can't even win a game. When they, when they finish up that year, like seven and nine, I think is what it was. The Colts with Peyton Manning and company. That was just uh it's it's the sound bite that will live on forever and ever, ever until we're all gone. So uh Jim Mora Jr., uh, he never had a rant like that, like the senior. He he was much more cool, calm, and collected. The uh, head coach at is he at, is he at UConn still? He's the head man at UConn, right? Yeah, he's the head man, head man at UConn. So uh, maybe if maybe someone can, <laughs> they won't get him to say playoffs. They can say bowl game. Are you kidding me? You can't go to the bowl game. Well, yeah, you can, Jim. There's about a hundred of them out there. Bowl game. We need more mic'd up managers. Oh, at, really at baseball games because you, my favorite rant of all time has always been Earl Weaver. I don't know if you've ever watched that infamous rant that he has. It is legendary. We need more MLB uh, managers mic'd up. Well, you, you haven't heard AJ. I don't think the uh, that's a good one. I, I mean, he's he's definitely in the top for sure. You haven't heard the uh, rant, and it's got a lot of expletives that we had bleeped out when we played. I think we counted up on the seven five seven at six one eight, like forty four. But the old uh, Cubbies manager Lee Ilya from nineteen eighty two eighty three. His is his is up there now. He's up there. He, well, he's not a real known name like your, you know. Earl Weavers of the world and your Jim Morris or even your Ed Youngs who's gone but he'll be back next week we want to thank AJ and Rico I'm Matt Hatfield we'll do it again next week as we get you closer to the countdown to kickoff on your home for everything from football the pigskin to baseball basketball tennis golf we got it all for you all the sports all the levels on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1